All right. Welcome back to another exciting, invigorating episode of the Legionnaire Podcast. I am Callahan, one of one half of the astounding host team, a part of this endeavor. And on the other side of well, my camera and I guess the other audio you will hear in your other ear is my brother, Will. Hello. Hello. How are we doing? I'm all right. I'm a little tired. How are you doing? Uh, you know, it's a Friday. Can't complain about it. I um I had a drug test yesterday for an upcoming job that I have. And while I was there, I the nurse had asked me for my social security number just because they need to verify it's me and everything. And I was driving back from it and I was thinking to myself, I don't know why I'd have the most random thoughts at times. If you know, my brain is just a wasteland of thoughts that are completely random. I like you but, describe it as a wasteland. Oh, it's insane. There was one time, this is another sidetrack, but one time I woke up from a nap and I just, out of no context, I went up to Caleb, no context for this at all. I went up to him and I said, you know, if a wizard came out of the ground looking for me, I'd be napping too. And I just said that and I was like, I don't understand why I'm saying these things. But so anyways, I was driving back from this drug test and I was thinking to myself, I wonder why these hypnotists just don't like start hypnotizing a bunch of people and stealing their social security numbers. They can do like whatever they want. And they have these like weird mystical powers that they have. It's not like mystical powers. It's just like understanding how to manipulate people. I don't know. It's weird. Hypnotism is weird. We, we saw it in school. Don't you remember in like, dude, it was mid, it must've been middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was the, the dude who did the hypnotist, or the hypnotist guy came in and he pulled kids from the audience and like he got some of them to fall asleep. I remember it didn't work on like a couple Balma. of them. Yeah, yeah. Balma was just like, this is not, <laughs> I remember he came off, he looked at me, he was like, he was like, that was a crock of shit that was not working on me. <laughs> yeah. I, I never know if I should believe them or not, but I don't know. That was just like a random thought that I had when I was trying. Okay, but think about it. They always like hypnotists always try to make you fall asleep. And like, dude, when you're like half asleep, you do some weird stuff. Like, do you remember when I first visited um, the university and then like we're driving back and I was like half asleep and then I just started like moving around like. Yeah, you always have your weird. I, I'll always remember in high school, it was after prom for you. You were having a nightmare of dude i don't in even your bed. know what was going on i was just like freaking out i was kicking <laughs> this is, so this it's is like funny. the middle of the night and yeah. i'm just kicking my feet because i'm like something's at my feet i had a dream it was like rats and i was kicking so hard i kicked like a huge chunk of skin off of my heel and i'm just bleeding everywhere and i'm like there's blood someone must have been here and i'm just kicking harder and mom and dad are like what are you doing calm down and i'm like no, so what I heard from my room, because our <laughs> rooms are next to each other, so I hear you screaming and kicking, and mom and dad are like, what the hell is happening right now? I'm in my room, and I hear this, and I have no idea what's happening, so what I do is, I just lock my door, and I say to myself, that's Cal's problem. <laughs> I, just, I didn't care at all. I, I had drumsticks in my room, I remember, and I grabbed them, and I was like... I locked my door. I should be fine for the rest of the night. I was like, I don't care what's happening to him. I want to save my own life. I mean, at that point, if I'm screaming like that, it's probably game over. But I'm just glad now the rest of the world knows that if when times are tough and I'm in a hard spot, you're just going to lock your door and grab some crappy drumsticks from under your bed. 
yeah. lock your lock your little handle. It's not like the thin wood door like won't be like hell. Oh, listen, I got this handle locked. It's completely fine. Nobody's getting in here. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that completely. <clears throat> Uh, we're talking. What were we talking about? Hypnotists, and then we're talking about you napping, and then social security number from on oh, the drug test. Are they going to yeah. find out you're on steroids and you're? Yeah, I'm taking HRT, TRT, uh, HGH. Yeah, whatever those are. I'm not actually. I just no. those are for the for legal them. reasons. He's not. I'm just making a joke. Exactly. But today's Friday, Cal. Oh, God, it's. It's weird when school is done because, like, just days, just like, but before work starts, like, I'm just kind of like days blend together and doesn't feel like Friday. So when I woke up today, I completely forgot that we had bad, bad batch. batch. Like I woke up and I was like, all right. Well, I was out late last night, and yeah, we were we were out we were out on the town last night, and I woke up today and I was like, oh god, I'm tired. So I was like eating food and I like got some water and I was like hanging out checking my phone and then i see on instagram it's like oh episode three and then there are clips like playing on the star wars instagram account and i'm like oh crap i gotta turn this off right now and then i'm like <laughs> yeah i dumb. i always forget that too especially just because i'm doing ten thousand other things like yeah. i woke up this morning i always set an alarm so i can wake up in advance so i can watch the episode and then write down my thoughts as it's going on but i always wake up after my alarm i hit snooze on it for 10 times and then i finally wake up and i'm like crap i need to set aside 30 40 minutes to watch this episode and write my thoughts down but episode three the bad batch Dude, the more i see this show the more i love it it's so good oh my gosh i i remember when they first announced it i i was hyped for it i'm the biggest star wars chill i feel like on the planet yeah. i love all well, star wars content to the club yeah exactly but oh my gosh, I feel like this show is only getting better as it's progressing. And like, yeah. yeah, you could say, oh, these episodes are filler, blah, blah. I could care less. It's I things are happening in the show that makes it feel like it's progressing. But I also love the characters, like yeah. whether it's the main crew with the Bad Batch or if it's Crosshair on Camino and everything. But Tarkin, mm-hmm. it's great. But let's hop into the first thing from the episode today. Right away, actually, when the episode started, or with the Bad Batch and they're flying in hyperspace going to... I don't really remember exactly where they, they were trying. They weren't going anywhere specific. They just like fell out of hyperspace. Yeah. But I remember right away they had a shot on Wrecker. And I was looking at it and it, his face just looked so realistic. It was not yeah. glossy, but it had such realistic effects where I was like, oh my gosh, it's so crazy how this how far this animation has come. From this crappy video game of 2008. Oh my gosh, like you try watching the earlier seasons and like, yeah, that's when it was a little younger and more kiddy for, you know, young and adults some and dark kids. stuff in this episode. This is not a kid. No, like, it yeah, is, that's, but it isn't. It is that's later dark. on, but it's so crazy just how far this show is coming. I love it. I mean, Wrecker looked great for a specific shot and so did Tarkin. They had a couple of close up shots of their face, but I just I'm in awe of the effects for this show. It makes me so happy. Because it doesn't pull me out at all. but So yeah, they were flying through hyperspace during this episode. And uh, we don't really know where they're going. But they crash out of hyperspace and land onto this desolate planet. And they need to fix their ship because... What was it? Some energy um, part on their hyperdrive had fallen out or was broken? Um, It was one of the... 
power. I want to say power coupling because it's like is this this episode is a like kind of like a direct callback to Empire Strikes Back at a lot of points because they fell out of they mm-hmm. fell out of hyperspace and then like they land on this asteroid. Yep, looking thing, and they're like, "Huh, sure, I think we better replace the negative power coupling." But like, that's not what they said in this episode. Like, they're yeah, Tech and Echo are out. They're like looking at it like, "Oh yeah, this is this is damaged," and they put a new one in, and then Omega. I like how she said, "Like, I forget they're like they're Australian." Yeah, and, she, and she's like, "I'm Omega Hunter, Rika, Tick, Omega, Echo." Oh my gosh! Um, but yeah, so they were replacing that the, the, this part, and it's funny because Omega's in the cockpit, and she's sitting there, and all of a sudden she's like, "Oh, something moves up." It's like shot for shot, straight out of Empire Strikes Back, when she's like looking out, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden that little, like creature comes up, and she's like, "Ah!" Yeah, she's all scared. Whatever that weird energy negative it's power like coupling, a, it's like an electric animal. eel. Yeah, it's like, it looked like an eel. With Tech said it, it's it eats or survives off of raw power or raw energy or something mm-hmm. like that. And we see that later on in the episode too, but I always enjoy seeing tech and echo work together because they're both, I don't want to say the tech people because that's tech's name, but they're more of the technology related sort of members of the group. And it's always just, you start to see the differences between them more and more because they're so easily similar where they're trying to show their differences throughout the show which i enjoy because like i had said previously i feel when i first saw echo joining the bad batch i was like that's weird because you already have someone who deals with technology and everything for the show but another thing actually i realized i so when the bad batch was introduced in the clone wars for their arc i didn't like wrecker like at all really i was yeah i didn't like him either i was kind of like he's dumb and annoying but as this show has gone on, oh my gosh, I love him so much. Yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah, he's like, well, you can kind of see him. It starts at the beginning of the episode. He's like, oh, my head hurts. My head hurts. It's like, dude, is, is Wrecker going to have an inhibitor chip thing going on now? Yeah, I must have missed that because dude. I thought when they crash landed, I thought he just like hit his head. I don't know if you're doing if he if he said he had a headache the entire episode and there's times he's just sitting there. I'm like, oh, no, don't make Wrecker. Yeah, don't that would, do this because I could be, see them doing going through every single person up until it's Hunter and Omega at the end. And then it's just like, no, that'd be really sad because, I mean, Wrecker's outside of Omega Wrecker's one of the most wholesome bad batch members. So it's like, hmm. Let me say, yeah. I don't want to see that happen to him. Yeah. But yeah, so um, we see the Bad Batch on this desolate planet trying to replace the negative power coupling and everything. But we cut back to Camino. We didn't do that last episode at all, but we cut back to Camino and we see uh, Admiral Tarkin again. Mr. Yeah. Thunder Thighs, Thunder Quads see, himself. Yeah. He's just out here doing maniacal Imperial stuff like always. He's talking with um, Nalase. Nalase was the, yeah, no, Lama Su was the prime minister. Nalase was the doctor. The I, yeah, those two always. Ah, I need to know this. I'm not a true Star Wars fan. I'm a fake fan. Yeah, all ten of our listeners are gonna be like, "Wow, this guy's a poser." I am a poser. I do apologize. I need to get this down. I need to remember it. But so Tarkin and Nalase were still working on Crosshair's inhibitor chip, which I was kind of surprised because I thought. They already did that in the first episode, but it seems like it must be 
sort of fading Waning. away from him. Yeah. Because Which he's I, like his, it's because of his, do you think it's because of his um, genetic modifications? Well, I think that, but then I also feel like the chips sort of might just degrade in general for all the clones as time goes on because yeah, it's hard to imagine that because the clones, I don't really know how their aging process works because Rex looks incredibly old by the time rebels rolls around but i don't really know exactly how the clones are going to age as the show goes on so i feel like already looks old yeah i feel like that was part of his genetic modification though as he was going through it which i really like because give him some salt and pepper yeah exactly yeah you can relate to that a lot so yeah i can relate to that a lot for those of you who don't know, Cal is having gray hair as a 22-year-old. Quite a bit of gray hair, but I'll probably be all gray by the time I'm 30, so it's whatever. Yeah. Salt and pepper, baby. At least baby. I'll have hair. Yeah. At least you'll have hair. Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Dad. He's going to be so mad about that one. <laughs> yeah, every episode. Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Dad. But so they're still working on Crosshair's inhibitor chip. And after they get done working on it and adjusting it, he sits up from the table he's lying down on. You can tell he's not he's happy not yet. having a good time. He's like, this is not working with his mojo. I think mentally, like the inhibitor chip is controlling him. I don't know. I don't want to say subconsciously. I think subconsciously he's like, I don't want to do this. But he's sort of just yeah. forced to doing it, which... I feel like towards the end of the show, at least the end of this season, I don't know if there's going to be a season two or not yet, but I, I'm willing to bet there'll be another season of this. I think this will be their flagship animated show for a while. I hope it is. Oh, I love it so much. But I feel like by the end of the show, they got to get crosshair back. Yeah, they d- I I think they will. Um. Because as the episode goes on, when Omega and Hunter are trying to get this negative power coupling, um, she says to him, it's not Crosshair's fault, you know, and Hunter's like, like, what? <laughs> yeah, they're like, <laughs> like, what? Like, you have all of I, she Omega has all of this info and she just like hasn't told anybody. And she's not because she's like maniacal. She's just like this kid who's just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> he's got the inhibitor chip in his head. And they're like, what? She's like, yeah, it's not his. He can't control it. And they're like what (laughs) yeah it's well crosshair not crosshair hunter had also said that he was ashamed of himself because they don't leave another they don't leave a man behind and they left crosshair back on camino so it's like they're going back to camino they have to i feel like they might meet they'll either do it on camino or they'll do it he'll be sent to kill him and they'll be like no and he'll be like it'll be a great standoff because He Crosshair now has a squad with him. We are introduced to our first group of stormtroopers. They call them the elite squadron. When I first saw them, this is this was all happening really fast because I was writing things down. But I saw it, and at first I was like, "Oh, that's Inferno Squadron from Battlefront 2. And then in the next shot, I was like, "Oh wait, this is yeah." Not that Inferno would make squadron. no sense timeline wise. <laughs> I would have been happy, but eh, whatever. But so we're introduced to this elite squadron and. They're regular recruits. They're not clone troopers. It's the first group of humans, normal people, sort of volunteering for the Empire. Yeah. And with this one guy, I call him Blondie. Yeah, I hate that guy. We didn't really get his name throughout the episode, but he says to his group at this point, he's like, with the Empire, I get paid, I get fed, I get a roof over my head. That's more than the Republic could ever offer me. I'm like, 
I'm like, damn, maybe the Republic wasn't so great after all. Yeah. Well, I mean, like in any like power struggle like that, or, like any like any government, you're going to have poor people like in any government, you're going to have something like that. It's just like, what do you give up with that new regime? Not like I'm saying it's like, oh, yeah, sucks to be you homeless, Joe. But it's just it's hard because it's like it's a trade off. It's a huge trade off. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, you do have this now, but you're also part of the empire. But like, I guess for him, like, I understand why he's happy. He's like, well, screw it. I don't I, I get food. I don't care about these other people. If they're oppressed. I was homeless beforehand. So I understand why he's like that. Yeah. I mean, it it makes sense then for why people are sort of volunteering to fight for the empire at that point i mean again with solo han solo volunteers to join the empire and be a pilot because he wants to learn how to fly and he wants to go back to corellia and get kira back so it's like spoiler alert that did not work out for him (laughs) did not unfortunately but you see people sort of find the wrong reasons to volunteer for the empire but it's because they want a better life and they clearly don't have it, so the Empire is the only option at this point for them. Yeah. But, so with this elite squadron then rolling up on Camino, we, they roll up to with, uh, what's the guy, Admiral Rampart. Uh, yeah, Ram- Rampart? Rampant? Rampart? I think it's Admiral Rampart. And he says to Tarkin, oh, here's this elite squadron. And then it raises the question then, do we still need clone troopers or should we just start recruiting? Money, money, money. Unfortunately, we know how it ends. Yeah, it's just kind of cool seeing this whole like transition process. I really like this because like we've always said, like I want to see this transition because like you see everything from the Republic and then it just goes straight to the Empire. Like in the later movies, you're like, what happens in the middle? So it's kind of nice seeing that. But yeah, I um, well, because there's so much story that you realize isn't there until you actually sit down and think about it. So that's what I love. Why Dave is sitting down and explaining this stuff. But oh, Dave, you got to love him. And this is another side note. Tarkin was talking with um, Admiral Rampart as well. And he, he said to him, I take it the chain codes are a success. And I had saw I saw this the other day. Chain codes were first introduced in the Mandalorian from Dave when they were doing chain codes for bounties when Mando was yeah. trying to hunt them down. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Now you're canonically introducing them for the first time in the Bad Batch. Well, it's kind of funny. Chain codes and social security numbers sound very similar. They do, actually. You're like, you're like yeah, I had to test my social security number. They were talking about chain codes. I'm like, hold up. One of these things is a lot like the other. Um, Maybe they just need to get a hypnotist and then start stealing yeah. people's chain codes. Yeah, they should be like, what's your chain code, man? I mean, your social security number. <laughs> Joke's on you. I only remember it because I'm an idiot. I was going to say something. I was like, this is going to compromise my social security number, and I'm not going to do that on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to stay close to the chest. That one one will stay very close to the chest. But so with this elite squadron then in the debate for needing clone troopers or uh, recruited stormtroopers, we need to put them to the test and see if one works better than the other. So Crosshair leads this group of elite stormtroopers they call elite squadron we don't really have a name officially i guess we'll call them elite squadron but the test that they're sent to do is from what they couldn't do in the first episode and that is eliminate saw guerrera's kill everyone eliminate saw guerrera's extremist group 
And before we even get to whatever, uh, it was still an on on. Yeah. yeah. Before they even get there, while they're still flying in the ship, the elite squadron, the regular recruits and crosshair, you can kind of sense some tension the divide. Yeah. Because Blondie is like, we don't need you anymore, buddy. I'll be the leader. Why is this guy the leader? I want to be the leader. And he's like, I follow orders. And it's like, okay, this is going to be uncomfortable. And yeah. So, I mean, when we get to Onderon then and Crosshair is following orders, well, they you know, mow down the, they, f- they completely like destroy all of the guys with the blasters. And like, they get to the end and, and there's just, just a bunch civilians. of civilians and they're like, we just want to transport. And the Crosshair's like, we got to kill these guys. That's the orders. And they're like, we're not. And then Blondie's like, we're not going to do that. That's not, that's not part of the mission. He's like, the reason why I'm the leader is because I do what needs to be done. And then he shoots Blondie and it's like, Ugh. and then he looks at all the other one, other people of the elite squad. He's like, all right, now kill the rest of these civilians. And you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. Dark. It, t- <laughs> it takes a massive turn because the civilians are just like, no, please, we're just trying to get off the world. And then, and then they barbecued them. Bl- yeah, they blast them. Blondie was like, we'll take them in as prisoners. And Crosshair's like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. They're just like, nope. I watched that happen. And I, was like, oh. I mean, my jaw kind of dropped because I, like, I was like, oh my God, this is like not really a kid's show, it feels like anymore. This is dark, man. But I I love that they I love that they did that because it's just showing now how the Empire and the Imperials just really don't care at this point. It's sort of it's sort of setting the precedent for how the galaxy is going to be now for the next, oh, God, 20, 23 years until the Empire finally falls. Yeah. So I love that they're sort of setting this tone early for how the Empire is going to act throughout the galaxy and sort of just have that dominating presence. Yeah, but so Crosshair and Elite Squadron minus Blondie because Crosshair kind of domed him, shot him in the head. I don't think he shot him in the head. I think he shot him in the chest. Yeah, he shot him. Blondie's dead. Blondie's thank, toast. Thank God. I didn't like him to begin with. He was only in it for like five, ten minutes. A hot five. Yeah, hot five minutes. And then he's dead. Thank goodness. But so we go back to Camino then and we see how there's sort of a a good balance right now between having the clones because they can do what's necessary because they can just follow the orders that are given to them. And then you have the regular recruits where it's easier to get more of them and bring them in at a cheaper cost and they can do what's needed to be done. Then once they're being ordered by the clone troopers. So Tarkin says to Admiral Rampart, my work is done here. You can take over for the rest of this work, oversee the rest of all of these operations and, he kind of just dips then. So, and the Kaminoans are freaking out. They're like, oh, "We need to make sure <laughs> yeah, you're like, still our, getting money." They're like, "Our the- contract with the Empire needs to stay, please." They're like, "We need to do something. We need to do something." So then they're talking about prepping to breed a super clone. And I really think I think Omega is the key to that because, like, this is the first. I, okay, they haven't confirmed this, but I think everybody's like ninety nine percent positive that. <clears throat> She is like some sort of like genetically altered clone of Django Fett, but that's female. Mm-hmm. And she has her own, I guess, like little powers that she has yet. Nobody's really seen like her, her own genetic modifications. But like, I don't know what the super clone is. Um, I don't, do, you I, have any, uh, do you have any ideas of what that's going to be? 
I I really don't have any ideas just because it's so fresh and I wasn't really expecting them to say it right away. Yeah. I have some theories in my head that I've read online and I've sort of formulated, but I'm going to wait till next week's episode because I don't really want to verbalize them just yet. But I, I'm curious because I didn't really think of Omega at first, but then once you say her, I think I could see that because obviously we hadn't seen Omega at all throughout Clone Wars and she's yeah. introduced now in Bad Batch. So I feel like the Kaminoans were sort of keeping her like under wraps because there's something special about her that I feel like we still have to see. So mm-hmm. I think it might be might be some scary times for Omega coming up. I she might get captured like Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. I don't want her to get captured. I like Omega. I do too. So I nice. when I first saw the trailer, I was like, uh, I don't know how I feel about her, but once again, I love him. I love Omega. She might be my favorite character in this whole show. I'm very happy that I'm wrong with my original thoughts and that I actually enjoy her a lot more. But the episodes end very wholesomely Aww, so because, nice. because the episode started. We forgot to mention the episode started where Wrecker was asking Hunter for food and everything. And Omega was like, oh, you can have my I'm like food <sighs> bar. And Hunter's like, no, you cannot eat her food bar. She is a child. So he's she like, doesn't even have anywhere to sleep, and Wrecker's like, okay. But so then, yeah, as you said, Hunter says to Wrecker, she doesn't have anywhere to sleep. Do not eat her food. The episode ends then where we see Wrecker had made a little cute little room for her in one of the... I, I don't one know of the ob- observation decks, I think? I don't know. Yeah, somewhere in the ship that they fly around on, he made a little room for her, and she says, I've never had a room before. This is so nice. And it's like this cute little fort that he made, and it's yeah. just, it's really wholesome. I was like, And oh. he put his little, uh, his little uh, squishy toy thing. Oh, yeah, he the always, toy that he Yeah, used. he always held on to, that he's like, you can have it now. And it's just like, oh, man. All these guys are like, oh, hey, look, this is like our little sister. Yeah, it's it's nice because you start to see her fit in with the group better now because originally the bad batch was just boys uh, club yeah it was a boys club it was tech sort of echo he joined a little late hunter crosshair and wrecker and Mm -hmm. they're down crosshair but they're up omega so it's like adjustment period time so i saw there's a post on instagram like from the first few episodes omega she's like always mimicking whatever hunter does so she really looks up to, oh my god dude, i love that dynamic it's so great they're gonna hunter. do something to pull our heartstrings at the end and i'm not gonna like it i know dave dave is great at doing that so he's gonna be smiling with that cowboy hat on he's of course he's going to be but i as we were talking more about sort of the process on camino and the empire and sort of them building it up as i was watching it i was thinking to myself this is why I feel like this the sequel trilogy is warranted. Now, while I have thoughts on that and like how good the movies are and everything, just watching how much it takes them to set up the Empire and the Stormtroopers and recruiting them, it makes me feel like the sequel trilogy is even more warranted because the way that Return of the Jedi ends, it's just like, we blow up the second Death Star. Palpatine's dead. Yay. And it's like, yeah. well, what happens after that? Because you built up this whole regime and you kind of just drop it off and we see how quickly the Republic fell and how quickly the Empire is rising and all the meticulous sort of events yeah. that have to happen for it to effectively work. So it's like, I'm glad that the sequels happen because people are like, oh, my Star Wars is only episodes one through six. And it's like, well, sorry, buddy, grow up because they made nine movies. 
So well, yeah, but the last three, like they didn't really show what led up to that, which is really nice. What's the Mandalorian's doing? So it's showing. It's like, oh, the New Republic dummy at the only Jack Squad out here on Navarro. So. Exactly. But uh, with their new shows that they're coming out with, like with the Rangers of the New Republic and the Ahsoka show and Boba Fett and Mando. Sad Gina Carano noises. Yeah, well, she's a she's, she's a little idiot. goofy. She's an idiot. <laughs> she's a great fighter, but she's a, she's she's a clown. A great fight, bro. She was an MMA fighter and she was like, yeah, like, yeah, she's she's built like a train. She's huge. Yeah, she is. I remember watching it with my roommates and we were watching Mando at the roommates and they're like sitting there. They're like, oh, my God, look at the size of her arms. <laughs> yeah, she's jacked. Yeah, like the size. She's of very my pretty, head. too. She also she just posts. She's just just. Just don't listen. Don't be posting dumb stuff on social media. I feel like that's something everybody can learn from. It's always funny how adults are saying to kids, you shouldn't be posting dumb stuff on social media. But I swear to God, most of the people posting dumb stuff is like old people. It's adults. Yeah, it's really like charged stuff on all these social issues. It's like, good God, calm down. Just keep your mouth shut. Honestly. Yeah, just like, let's just be friends for for both of you, for both sides. But everybody shut up. Shut up. (laughs) It's Star Shut Wars. Up. It's, it's Star literally Wars. Star Wars. Stop making such a big deal about it. It's like, well, this is this is a liberal. It's like, what? Just what? Stop. Shut up. Let's just watch the Star Wars movies and shows and just take take it for what it is. Just shut up and watch the Star Wars, you dummies. But all right. Well, after that whole tirade and rant about that, that was uncomfortable. But that was episode three of the Bad Batch. Once again, same. I enjoyed it more than last week's episode. Yeah. Was, um, I think I, I, the thing that stood out to me the most was how much they did with Crosshair and the Elite Squadron on Camino. I liked that yeah. a lot. I mean, I always like stuff with the Bad Batch, but I, I really enjoyed seeing. Yeah, I. it's great. I love seeing the clones that, because they're still making clones, but I think they're slowly just ticking away at that so i i loved crosshairs sort of bit this episode and the elite squad but um i think i know i had said i think it was last episode or one the one before whenever our last bad batch breakdown was yeah it it was last friday i said we were gonna see rex this episode or next episode i now that i think about it since if this is like an 18 episode season i don't know we might see rex next week maybe the week after I think so. The more I think about it, because I completely forgot that Fennec Shand, Shand she's supposed to show up at some point too. So I for people like who don't know, Fennec Shand, show- we ta- oh, I think yeah. we talked about Fennec Shand is from the Mandalorian. She's like the the sniper lady in season one, who's like who Mando and Discount Han Solo try to go take down, and then she's revived and saved by Boba Fett in season two. So that's yeah. just a, yeah, that's who Fennec she's- Shand is. She's a really good sharpshooter. That's and a bounty hunter. I feel like that's all you really need to know about her. Who's introduced? And she's man. She's in the trailers for the Bad Batch. So and we haven't seen her yet. So she's supposed to show up at some point. So we'll see. I, yeah, I feel like she'll probably show up before Rex, just because I feel like Rex is a bigger yeah, reveal for bigger, this show. Yeah. So, but I mean, I guess I, it would make sense to see him later because then they're like, "What's going on?" And then he's yeah, like, brothers. Let me tell you, brothers. brothers but, let me tell you about this thing in our head. But so that's episode three. Once again, I mean, another solid episode. I love it. It's they just don't miss. No, they don't. And I. I just can't wait for more. I 
really hope that they make a season two and a season three, but it'd be foolish not to, but I don't know how we, I don't know how we rate this. Just another, I'm, good, I was whelmed. Great episode. I was, I was whelmed. Yep, I, I was, was whelmed. very whelmed. I wasn't overwhelmed with stuff. It was a very good level of like this is a good episode. I was, I was whelmed. I was not underwhelmed by anything that went on. No. So it sounds like we were both whelmed for episode three of the Bad Batch. Yeah. Moving on now towards you just finished up this show. Ah, holy moly. I want to talk a bit about Invincible show that ended. I think it finished on Amazon Prime three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago. I completely ago. missed the boat on this. I was a little late as well. I watched it like a week after it finished, but I didn't see anything about it. So I didn't know anything about this show. But so for those of you who are unfamiliar, Invincible is a show that's on Amazon Prime, and it's based off of the the comics by Robert Kirkman. And if you're feel, if you're familiar with that name, he is the person who created The Walking Dead, the show that will never end. And Jeez, somehow, is still, is, don't tell me that show is still going. It is still going on. Oh my god, that that sh- it used to it used to be a really good show. We loved it, and then it just got. It dragged on and it just got so boring for me. Is Rick Grimes still alive or is he dead now? He's not dead, but he's not on the show anymore. What does that even mean? I don't know. I haven't kept up with it. How do you retire in a zombie apocalypse? That's not a thing. Eh, It's a peaceful life. It's a peaceful. It's a peaceful life. I don't know. But regardless, Invincible's great. So that's the thing. So Robert Kirkman, he made The Walking Dead, but he I don't really know if he's working on that anymore, but he worked on Invincible on Amazon Prime. So you just finished up the you just finished up like an hour ago, the last episode of Invincible. Yeah, I finished it up. Yeah, I finished it like a week ago now, a week and a half ago. But for those of you who have not seen season one of Invincible, it's on Amazon Prime. I highly recommend you go watch it. And yeah. then come back and listen to this podcast because we're going to talk about spoilers spoiler. for the rest of the episode now for season and one. Be warned, it is a very gory show. Yes, it's it animated. Is. It's gory. There's some serious gore that goes on. You're like, holy moly. It's a violent show. People compare it to the boys with its violence. And I can definitely understand oh, yeah. that. But if you haven't seen season one, I recommend you go watch it because we're going to talk about spoilers for the rest of this episode. If you don't care about spoilers. And you're free to sit and listen, I guess, follow, but follow you should along. still watch the show. Follow so, along as we talk about J.K. Simmons and oh his my grand plan, his grand, his master plan. So just a little bit of backstory for the show now. So with the opening for episode one of Invincible, we're introduced to the heroes of Earth because this is an animated show and we're sort of getting introduced to these characters who have superpowers and everything. And it's world building we're getting to know all these characters and sort of learn who they are yeah it's it's a lot of exposition world world building so we meet the heroes of the earth and the main team that protects the earth is called the guardians of the globe and they're saving the white house because these two twins called the mauler twins are attacking it for god knows what reasons why yeah but for exposition reasons that's why they're attacking 
yeah, we need to meet the main. We need to meet the main group of heroes who save the Earth. So someone has to do something massive, and we meet the Guardians of the Globe, who are basically rip off Justice League. Yeah, there's literally just the Justice League, just the great value Walmart version of them. Not like I, they aren't powerful heroes and cool, but like it's just like. Well, so I I looked up on Google to see if um robert kirkman had done it on purpose and he did so i was like okay i don't I hope so because otherwise it's he must have completely missed all of the justice league comic books because literally every single character on the guardians of the globe is a complete ripoff of one of the justice league members well yeah so you have red rush who is Who's the, the flash. flash you have war woman who is wonder, wonder woman. woman you have immortal who is Superman. Superman. You have Darkwing, who is? Oh, take a guess. Batman. Ah, there we are. <laughs> Could have got that. You have Aquarius, who is? I think it's not Aquarius. He is not a Aquarius. Astrology. Aquarius. Whatever. Take yeah, a guess. I'm Aqua. an Aquarius. <laughs> I'm an Aquarius. Maybe he is an Aquarius. Oh God. We're hey, you don't know when right. he was born, so we're not doing this right now. That's so. That's I don't know what your what's your horoscope thingy. <laughs> but Aquarius, he is Aqua. Aquaman. Yep. And we have Green Ghost, who kind of Ghost Green Lantern. And, yeah, kind of Green Lantern. Her and Martian Man sort of fit the yeah. Martian Manhunter role in a way. So there isn't really a, there isn't really a Green Lantern. I mean, I guess Adam Eve is, but she's not a part of the Guardians of the Globe. Yeah, she's a part of a different group. but And then we're also introduced to Omni-Man, but he's not a part of the Guardians of the Globe. He just sort of does his own thing, but he also he's helps out He's an independent contractor. They, yeah, he's an independent contractor, but he helps out when he feels like he needs to. So he pulled that up when... powerful. Yeah, he's... There's incredible. a reason he's called Omni-Man. Yeah, there is a reason he's called Omni-Man. But he pulls up to help the Guardians of the Globe fight the Mahler twins at the White House. And... Once they say that, no problems at all because it's the first episode and nothing bad can happen to the main group of characters. No, nothing. Nothing, nothing. at all. So you but, hit the end of the episode. Well, before that, we're introduced to Omni-Man's Mark. family. Yeah. And his name is actually Nolan. And he has a wife named Debbie. And they both have a son named Mark, who later becomes Invincible. The main title character for the show. But so one of the things, so since as the show goes on, we follow Mark as he starts to get superpowers because of his dad being a superhuman and having superpowers. Well, it's not a superhuman. He's an alien. He's an alien. That's true. I I forgot to mention that. So Um, Nolan Omni-Man is technically what what he he says to Mark. He's like, I am from Viltrum. I am a Viltrumite. This is J.K. Simmons, so like as I'm saying these lines from Omni-Man, just imagine it's J.K. Simmons and not me saying it, but he was like, I was sent here from Viltrum to defend the defend the Earth from all enemies, foreign and domestic. No, that's a that's a quote from the Oath of Office for the United States military. But regardless, he's just like <laughs> they, he what he describes to them is um he's he's like, all right, I've been sent here by my homeworld. And to like defend the earth from um, enemies on earth and off earth. So he's like, then he's, then he's describing to Mark and then I met your mother and then we had you and you changed my life forever. Blah, 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 blah. So 
and then like they're just waiting he's like because they're like oh i want mark to have superpowers and then mark's like i'm never gonna get my superpowers and of course he just he, he goes to take out the trash at his work and he chucks it into the earth or chucks it into space and then he's yeah, like oh he throws it powers. to the moon <laughs> he literally threw it to the moon yeah, he did but so the show follows mark for a majority of it He's predominantly the protagonist. He's the protagonist for the show. And we watch him sort of adjust to his powers and realize and adapt to becoming a superhero. So it's always fun watching that. A quick side note. One of the things that I love for the show is how they always sort of incorporate um, his name because he chooses his superhero name to be Invincible. And they always do this weird part where they'll say the name invincible and that'll be like the opening title. So you could be like 10 minutes into the, into an episode and they won't have said invincible yet. And then out of nowhere, they'll be like, I need to be, and then they'll have the title card say invincible. And then a little bit of blood specs on each episode. There's a little bit more each time. That's crazy because the end of the first episode, it's like, there's there's just no blood. And then the end of the first episode, JK Simmons. Yeah. We start Simmons Omni man. Well, so it's crazy because the Guardians of the Globe are Darkwing, Red Rush, War Woman, Immortal, Aquarius, Green Ghost, Martian Man. They get called to their home base and they're sort of like, why are we called here? Who who called the meeting? Darkwing, why'd you call us here? It's like, I didn't call us here. You called us here. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Omni-Man himself comes rolling in at super speed, flying at like the speed of sound. Tries throwing the biggest punch at Immortal, and hence one of the most gruesome fight Dude, scenes I have oh seen in God. in animated shows. Easily the most gruesome fight I've oh, ever seen. Yeah. Even in live action shows, still oh, yeah. probably the most gruesome fight I've ever seen. Omni Man goes to town on the Guardians of the Globe. He commits and genocide against them. He just brutally massacres them and mind you we still don't have any backstory for why he's doing this the guardians get called to their home base and all of a sudden omni-man just starts beating them murder 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 he is demolishing them and the first episode ends then with omni-man killing all of the guardians of the globe and he sort of just falls unconscious and in their home base and that's how the first episode ends so the rest of the show then sort of picks up and follows that storyline as we try to see who killed the Guardians of the Globe because while the rest of the world is not privy to the knowledge of Omni-Man killing the Guardians of the Globe, us as the viewers are because we watched it unfold. So we watch as the CIA sort of superhero government of the world uh, tries to find out why the Guardians got killed and who killed them. So as the show sort of, yeah, why they did it. So as the show evolves and goes on and they try to discover who killed the Guardians, we follow Mark then as he's learning his superpowers from his dad because Mark is part Viltrumite from his half DNA from his mother and then his father, Omni-Man, being a Viltrumite. So as Mark sort of is starting to learn his powers, the show does something that I applaud it for so much because so often with superhero shows, when someone gets powers, it's like one episode, they sort of struggle with it, and then they just instantly... Then they're OP. Yeah, they figure out how to use it. This show Dude. does not do that at all. Mark gets his ass kicked, like, the entire show. He I, he kind of kicked ass, like, once or twice. 
like but yeah it was he majority won. of him getting molly whopped by other people exactly i was like oh this is actually really nice because it makes it feel a little more grounded in this fantastical world it's just like every time he got in a fight i sort of thought to myself I don't even know if he's going to win this because he's lost so many times at this point. And I just, he almost died like three times. Well, so yeah, there was twice throughout the show where he nearly died. The fifth episode where he was fighting this space cat that came down to earth and he was like, like Lobo. Yeah. Basically like Lobo Lobo from DC comics. But the space cat just beats the hell out of him and, it's like put the a hole in his body. Yeah, he put a hole in his chest and it's the show. I don't know if it has a rating, but if it did, it'd be rated R just because of oh, how the, the rating is mature audience. Oh, this is I don't not know. something to be showing your children. Like, you see, if, you, if you're a parent and you're like looking for a show to show your young, young adult kid or like someone who's under 10, do not. This is not an animated superhero show you show to your children. This is this is not something they, they, they watch later this is a yeah. later show this is not oh my god this is not something you should show your kids we should say because well, there's also a lot of swearing going on in the show too is yeah quite a number of f-bombs there is but i mean yeah so for it being an animated show parents do not show your children this show unless if you're just a bad parent and could care less I mean, if they watch well i mean i'm not gonna tell you how to parent your kids but i wouldn't if i were a parent hypothetically thank god i'm not Thank I would not be showing my kids the show. But yeah, so in episode five, we see Mark just get his can kicked. Basically, he's getting destroyed and we sort of see how he is not nearly as powerful as his dad. No, Omni-Man is so much more powerful than Mark. That's the name Omni-Man. Exactly. And one of the main sort of um defining things that we see like the differences that we see between mark and nolan is in episode two when aliens are invading the earth i think they're called flaxons they keep invading the earth they did it like three times in the same episode the third time they do it omni-man pulls up and they have these portals that lead back to the flaxen planet and Omni-Man sort of scares them all back to their home planet. And then he grabs the main leader and flies through the portal back to the flaxen homeworld, which then we get a beautiful montage of Omni-Man just decimating an entire planet. It was it was like it was legitimate genocide of an entire planet. It was insane because he just rolls up and he's like, all right, you guys are all going to die right now, basically. Because yeah, I remember, like, they all shot at him in the sky because he flies through the portal. He lands. He's on their planet. He's just floating in the air. And they all shoot at him. Like, the dust clears. And then he just goes, my turn. And I, I've watched. I rewatched that scene. I played the immigrant song by Led Zeppelin over it. Oh, my God. It was so much cooler. <laughs> but we see just how powerful he is because he killed the entire planet. He no one on the Flaxen planet is still alive after what he no. did, basically. Wait, well, kind of. I mean, at the end of the show, we see some Flaxens, right? Dude, did we? Yeah, I think so. Uh, regardless, he if he didn't kill all of them, he killed most of them. There's at least he killed at least 98 percent of the Flaxen population based off what we saw. But we see just how different and how much more powerful Omni-Man is compared to Mark, because 
when Mark watches Omni-Man go through this portal to the Flaxen homeworld, he goes home and goes back to his mom, Debbie, and he says to her, oh, dad is on another, he's on another planet. I'm so scared for him. And Debbie's just like, oh, okay, this is just another Tuesday. It's like, he's like, what? He's like, oh yeah, he does this all the time. It's like, uh, I'm sorry, what? This is just normal. So it just shows how how massively powerful Omni-Man is. But so episode five, we see Mark nearly die. And then there's another time in the show where we see Mark nearly die, which is we're going to talk about episode eight now for a majority of of the rest of the time now. Episode so episode eight is wild. Yeah. Episode eight is when things are all sort of coming to a wrap. We mentioned earlier about how when Omni-Man had killed the Guardians of the Globe, the CIA, the superhero government of the world, was sort of trying to figure out who did it and why. And episode eight is when everything sort of comes full circle and they find out that Omni-Man is the one who had killed the Guardians well, of the they Globe. Well, they kind of knew, but they just didn't want to like... They didn't know yeah. how to approach it because like the entire time they're like, every time they face a huge threat, they're like, put this thing on ice. We might need it later. And they're like, why do we need it later? It's like, and then the main guy Cecil's just like, I don't want to talk about it. So like when they finally like Omni-Man killed the Guardians of the Globe, it's like, oh my God, everybody's like, oh my God, what? And he's like, I have a plan. And he's like dropping these, all of these aliens that like they've, all these enemies they'd fought before and they're all just attacking Omni-Man, but he is just laying waste to all of them because he's jk simmons and jk simmons rocks Mm -hmm. it's because once they realize that omni-man had killed the guardians of the globe they're like we have no heroes left to protect us and to fight him our best chance is invincible because these monsters that we previously fought are proving no threat to him at all so episode eight then starts with omni-man explaining to mark who he actually is We said earlier how Omni-Man was from Viltrum and he was sent out by their planet to sort of bring peace to other planets and protect them from threats that would be on Earth or on other planets. He lied. That was a straight up lie. Viltrum is a planet full of incredibly powerful humans. They are basically on the same level of power as Omni-Man. But what they did on their planet was basically survival of the fittest and only the strong shall survive on Viltrum. And they made the Viltrumite empire. And after a while they were like, yo, we need to sort of expand this empire because we're easily the most powerful. Yeah. Let's just, let's expand. That's everybody's immediate thing. Once they have powered, like I'm going to go take more of this now as any great empire would. Once they get power, they're like, we need to expand our empire. So Omni-Man then is sent to Earth to expand the Viltrumite Empire and sort of continue the survival of the fittest to get Earth ready for the Viltrumite Empire when they come to take over. But by doing that, he has to weaken Earth so Viltrum, the Viltrumite Empire can take it over. So that's why he has to kill the Guardians of the Globe. Mm-hmm. And this then leads to one of the most engaging confrontations and fights in all all of superhero shows so and movies. Sad. It, it's crazy because ugh, Omni-Man is explaining to Mark all of this stuff. And Mark realizes this is not the dad that I thought I had. Like 
this is yeah. not the loving, caring father that I thought I had. Because as the whole season goes on, we see how Omni Man is sort of training Mark to become invincible, and he's he wants him to become powerful and everything. But we see then after Omni Man comes forward to Mark with all of these confessions, we see that. Omni-Man does not care about Earth at all. And he doesn't really care about Mark that much either. He just wants Mark's powers to develop fast enough so that they can both take over the Earth and get it ready fast enough for the Vilshamite Empire to take over and expand their empire. And it's just so heartbreaking to see that because while this is happening, Debbie sort of hears like this weird over-the-phone sort of conversation as it's happening. Because she's at that like CIA alien headquarters alien hunter headquarters or superhero whatever with everybody else and they're watching it on like a live stream and she hears him saying all of this yeah and as it goes on we just see how much um omni-man doesn't care about earth or his family really at this point because he says to mark he's like i do love your mother but she's more of a pet to me and everybody's like, oh, no. That scene is so similar to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. When, yep. when Ego says to Peter, he's like, I loved your mother, but it broke my heart to put that tumor in her head. He's, like, he's like, what? what? <laughs> it's the Omni-Man saying, I love your mother, but she's like a pet to me is like so similar and you hear that and it's like oh my god dude you should not have said that because he's not gonna join you now for saying that and he literally said all the worst things he gets like if you're ever gonna like try to brainwash your son into joining your evil alien empire you do not say any of the things omni-man said to invincible and like yeah your mom was cool but like i kind of looked at her like a pet um all of your (laughs) friends here are gonna die you're gonna live thousands of years you're never gonna see him again doesn't matter um, but I'm really cool and I'm really powerful and I gave you these powers. So you should probably love me for that. Right. And <laughs> Mark is just like, no, <laughs> he's like, what? What? <laughs> but so it's funny because he calls uh, Nolan calls. <clears throat> he calls his wife a pet and Mark's mom a pet. And he does that because we find out that Viltrumites live for thousands of years and that the older they get, the slower they age. So, at this point in the show, Nolan slash Omni-Man, he looks like he's like maybe 50s. 50. Yeah, he's in his like 50s in this show. So the older that they get as time goes on, the slower they'll age. And we find out that Nolan's time on Earth has been a speck for his entire life. That he has done so many other things on what I would maybe assume is different planets just because of how long he's been alive for. So uh, it's just... It's so crazy because the Nolan that we had throughout the whole show as it went on, it's just like, oh, man, everything is just crashing down right now on Mark and his whole life. Yeah. And like because and then it all bubbles like when like I get when um, Nolan Omni-Man is like saying all the stuff about Mark's mom. He's like, yeah, your mom's like a pe-. listen, if you're going to try to get like don't pit him against it, like, like don't use his mom like once you start like bringing his mom and he's like hold up hold up hold up she gave birth to me bro shut up i'm gonna be so then he starts fighting omni-man but there's a reason he's called omni-man because he starts he is hounding the i don't know how are we allowed to swear in this a lot i mean it's probably not really all right he is pounding the brakes off of mark invincible he like 
because Mark disagrees. He's like, I will not join you and yeah. send Earth over to the Viltrumite Empire. Oh my God. And Omni Man's like, well, you're not going to stand in my way. And then he starts beating the brakes off of his son, which is really sad. But like, you can, then you see how much of a psychopath tyrant Omni Man is. Yeah, because he just shows no emotion for Mark. And he's like, if you're going to stand in my way, then that's not a problem for me. I can just easily take care of you and we see just how little he cares about earth and humans because cecil as we mentioned earlier the head of the cia superhero government sort of thing he sends uh fighter jets to attack omni-man and they don't do anything to them and the pilots need to eject because they're about to get decimated by omni-man and once the pilots land on the ground from ejecting omni-man is just like okay i'm gonna bash your head in and just obliterates his head it it was so gruesome and it's just like oh my god why is this happening and mark is like this is not you please stop doing this and once again nolan's like no this is me my life on earth has been a speck you have no idea who the real me actually is and he 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 says to mark he's like i'm he's like i feel guilty for training you he's like i should have trained you to be a viltrumite not a human because you see the difference between the two because one of them is human and actually shows compassion and empathy towards the other and other beings. And the other one is like, I must kill all of you. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it was. <sighs> and then they like, well, then they go on a fight that just like. They they like, I mean, Mark isn't going to let him do this, so he's, he's fighting, but he's always fighting. And like, even though even though Omni-Man had beaten the crap out of him, he is just going. He tries and he tries and he tries because he's like, I'm not going to let you destroy everything we have here on Earth. Mm-hmm. These are these are my people. These are my friends. This is everything that I have. I'm not going to join your crazy intergalactic empire that I these people I've never met. And then then there's the scene of the building where like this building's about to fall over because like Mark flew through it because Iron Man chucked him from the other side of the freaking globe. Mm-hmm. And then the building about to fall and then like this he's so mark invincible he's holding the building up he's flying under he's trying to hold it up this lady falls out he grabs her arm but then the whole building topples down and then he's still holding the arm and then he pull, pulls up the arm and it's just like cut off from her body it was so it's like, just oh yeah it's just God. her arm from like the elbow down oh. and you see the bone sticking out and he's like on the ground while this building just collapsed because he f- flew through it by accident because he got punched through it more is better to say yeah he's like oh my god and then it go it cuts then to omni-man still beating the living hell out of mark and he punches him down into a train station which leads to one of the craziest things i have seen in all of television mark is getting his can kicked he's getting beaten down by omni-man in this train station his dad his dad is beating this is like a dad beating the crap out of their kid which is like so wrong on so many levels yeah it's it's terrible and what does omni-man do he says i'm gonna up this to 11 right now he grabs mark and he puts him he's holding him out in front of him a train is coming right at them and he's holding mark by the head directly at the train and trains can't stop immediately if you know this so oh, really? they can't wow no they can't and this train is like 200 feet away from them so cal please tell me what happens mm, bro i don't want to talk about this part all right 
<laughs> well, he's holding. He was like, "This is these are the people you want to die for." So then the train hits Mark, who's being held up by Omni Man, and like you see all of the people because like they're invincible. Like, no pun intended. <laughs> hence, Mark hence is invincible. The title card. Like, hence the title card. Invincible. Viltrumites are like have impenetrable, basically impenetrable skin. But like they're pounding through the train, and you see all the people hitting Omni Man and mark invincible and they're just cut splitting guts flying everywhere and they fly all the way through the train they're, they killed everybody on the train because mm-hmm. i am even pushed him th- pushed him by the head through the entire thing and you're just like oh he didn't even push him actually he well, was just they standing stood, there they stood, they there. Just like, stood there and he's like holding his head and he's like you're not moving at all this train is gonna go right through us yeah it was awful and then after that they t- Omni Man chucks them all the way back on the other side of the globe, and they hit the mountain, and then the mountain buries people. And then we have, oh my gosh, one of the best—it's it's the so iconic. Uh, we say we've said this three times now, probably, but this is a phenomenal show. This is a phenomenal episode. He throws him into the mountain. Mark has gone across the globe like five times this episode at this it's, point. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's, it's crazy. But so as you said, he throws him to this mountain in like the freaking Netherlands or something or the Himalayas and the Himalayas (laughs) snow cone, but snow cone Mark is thrown in this mountain about, and he's like, he's, he's pot like his, his eyes are swollen. His teeth are falling out. He's cut everywhere. His his, arms are broken. His legs are broken. His chin has cuts and his face has like massive bumps and like bruises and everything. Hematomas everywhere. Yeah, it is. He's, he's about to die. It's disgusting. And Omni-Man is so livid at Mark. He's like, why are you not going to join me? Why are you so pissed? And not why are you so pissed? Why are you so dumb and not joining me? And he's pissed off. And I'm going to, I'm not good at impressions, but I've, I've seen this scene so many times in the past two weeks because I love it so much. I'm going to do my best Omni-Man impression. It's great because it's, it's, well, come on. Omni-Man, we're like Omni-Dad, but. It's just me and you here, so I feel more comfortable. Yeah, it's just us. Nobody's going to listen to this. But so what Omni-Man says to Mark, he's like, you want to die for this planet? Fine. What's 17 more years? I can always start again. Make another kid. And you're like, oh, oh, my God, dude, you really don't care at all about your kid or your wife. You literally only care about this Viltrumite empire. And it's just... It's so sad to hear that. And Omni-Man is just beating him down still. And Mark, if you can tell at this point, Mark has not put up a fight. At no, all. He's, he's stood been, no chance against He's Omni-Man. been ragdolled. Yeah, he has been ragdolled. And while he's beating down on him, um, like there's a split second then where Omni-Man stops punching him. And we cut to a flashback of Nolan where he's watching Mark at a baseball game. Mark is probably eight years old this time. And Nolan and Debbie are watching this baseball game happen. And he's like, this is pointless. I should be doing other things right now. And Debbie's like, no, 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 no. This is like, this is what being a parent is all about. We get to watch them experience the joys of life and their happy moments. And then we see Mark hit a home run as an eight-year-old kid and they're cheering on like go 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 it's an infield home run spoiler alert but mark's running around the bases he's trying to get back before that's that's the key part it was an infield home run that's how good this kid is <laughs> that's how great and amazing he is mlb pro but he's running around the bases and he's trying to get there you know before the ball gets thrown back baseball stuff not that 
familiar with baseball, but, and Nolan realizes like, this is what a parent is being. This is like, this is what being a parent is. And you start to see in this flashback, how empathetic and compassionate he was for Mark when he was younger before Mark even got his powers. So after Mark hits this home run and gets back to home base, he runs up to his dad and he's like, dad, did you see it? And he's like, yeah, I saw it. And the sh- there's a shot then of seven-year-old Mark where like his face is smiling and it's seven-year-old Mark. So when you're a kid, you don't have, you're losing your baby Body teeth and everything. Teeth, yeah. So it cuts then where it's baby Mark, seven-year-old Mark, and he's smiling and he's missing two teeth and everything. And then it cuts to the present day where it's current mm. Mark who's getting his can kicked. And he doesn't have any of his teeth in his mouth it, anymore. It's like the same exact shot, just him aged and beat, beat beaten up. up. And yeah, Omni-Man sort of stops and he's like, oh, my God, really? What, what am I doing right now? And like you start to see him show empathy and compassion. I'm like, don't do this to me now. Like, don't do this. Don't do this to me. And we then get think, one Mark, of the think the meme that's been going on for the past like two weeks. Omni-Man's just. Think, Mark, think. What will you have in 500 years? And because our like, everybody you know, you'll be dead. Yeah, he's like, everyone you know will be dead. We live for thousands of years. What will you have after 500 years? And we get the like oh. one of the most gut wrenching lines throughout the whole show. Mark just says to him, You, dad, I'd still have you. And. After he says that, Omni-Man is just sitting there and he's like looking at his hands and he's like, what have I done? He doesn't say what have I done, but he just he's he's looking at his hands and it's just like his moment where he reflects back and he's looking at everything that he's done to his family and Mark. And he's just like, oh, my God. And what does he do? Takes off. He just dips. Pieces out. And everybody's like, where did he go? Like, we don't know. As he's flying away, like he, because Omni Man is bloody from, not bloody from getting beaten up, but from beating Mark up. Yeah. But as he flies away and he gets up into space, we see all of like the liquid particles and everything sort of get off of him. And we see tears sort of roll off of his eyes. And it's like, oh, does Omni Man actually care? Does he care? He might care. But it's, it was insane just watching him get beaten up and so i had gone back and read things after i finished the show and you sort of see actually how omni-man was sort of like foreshadowed towards like conquering earth in a way because he killed the guardians but we didn't know that he was killing them because of uh trying to get the viltrumite empire to take over the earth but there's little tidbits throughout the show where in the Flaxons fight that we mentioned earlier, when Omni-Man just decimated their planet, what he says to them, actually, when he goes to the teleporter and is on their world, he says to them, you don't seem to understand earth. Isn't yours to conquer. Cause he's based to conquer. <laughs> yeah. He's basically saying earth is mine to conquer. You are not allowed to conquer this, which is why he just absolutely decimates their planet he's like i could care less what happens here and then there's another scene where if you watch the show you'll know who damien darkblood is 
he's the detective who's sort of trying to figure out who killed the guardians and why and he finds out that it's nolan but one of damien darkblood's superpowers is that when he touches like evidence he gets well, flashbacks not a, he's not a superpower he's a demon so it's uh, not really like it's it's like archaic art magic magic Dark but he touches the evidence and he can sort of flash back and get a better insight on what happens. And there's a scene where Omni-Man confronts Damien Darkblood. And when he goes into the room to confront him, he's just floating and levitating the whole time in there because he knows what Darkblood can do and like the evidence that he can pull. So I thought that was just kind of cool seeing him levitate and fly in there because he was like, I'm not going to touch anything in here because I am not about to just get this beta demon to ruin everything I've tried to accomplish yeah. so far. But uh, I love, I, I didn't know what to expect when I went into no, the I show. And by the end of it, I, by the end of the first episode, I was like, Oh, oh hell God, yeah. I am Let's so go. invested in this. And while a majority of like the content between like episodes, probably like three and seven is filler. It's still like enjoyable. It's enjoyable. Stuff. Like I, I liked watching it, even though Mark was still getting his can kicked by different villains. I was like, I still like this because he's, just a, he's a funny, relatable guy. Mm-hmm. But who is your favorite character in this show? Well, I think we both have the same favorite character. I like Mark just because he's like the heart of the soul of the show. I like Omni Man because it's J.K. Simmons. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'd ha- I'd probably have to go with Mark just because of the soul and the heart he brings. Yeah, my favorite character was Omni Man. I know yours is Omni Man because it's J.K. Simmons. He's got the cool lines. I love. He's got all the cool lines. J.K. Simmons gave, in my opinion, he gave the best voice acting performances I've seen since Sam Witwer did Darth Maul, because both of them were just they elevated the character so much. I mean, not to look down at any of the other voice actors on the show, but oh my gosh, JK Simmons was so good. He doesn't miss. He didn't miss. And I just, I loved Omni man. I loved how brutal he was and just how much he didn't care as the show went on. And it's his performance was great. And I loved invincible as well. I thought Mark was a great character, but another character that I loved was Debbie because we didn't really talk about her much, but as the show goes on, we watch her sort of realize what's so broken. Yeah, she realized like, oh my gosh, Nolan actually killed the Guardians, and you sort of feel bad for her. It's like she didn't realize what she was marrying. And then we also see her just react because as the whole fight with Invincible and Omniman was going on, they have like these weird like probe droids that are watching in the background as it's happening. And we watch her react to Mark basically being on the verge of death and yeah her, she, her husband beating the the light out of her son yeah and her husband's like i my wife is a pet i don't care for her it's just like oof, oh my god it's so sad but i think i speak for everyone when i say this now the character that i disliked the most in this show was, was amber love, yeah mark's love interest invincible's yeah. love interest she sucked she like she's like she knew she's like oh yeah because he like he reveals her in like episode seven or eight he's like I'm invincible I'm a superhero she's like I know already I kind of figured it out but she, and he's like well, why are you mad at me she's like we've been a lame boyfriend it's like dude it was saving the earth and she's like she's like you didn't serve 
dinner with me at that uh, homeless shelter one night. He's like, I had to go save the Earth. I had to go to Mars. And she's yeah. just like, hey, you've been a lame boyfriend. It's like, shut up. Nobody likes you. Shut up. Every I, Well, because when he said he was going to go serve at the soup kitchen or whatever yeah. with Amber, he was getting his ass kicked by that space cat so yeah he almost died yeah she's it's like, like she's like i don't forgive you you've been gone for however long it's like shut up you're not that cool yeah i i did not like her at all and we mentioned her earlier but there's a character named adam eve in the show and i think everyone wanted mark to be with her throughout the show because yeah, she because was, she was like his rock she was like yeah he's like oh i'm going through so much stuff being a hero and she went to his house after she broke up with rex blow to like probably get with him and to hang out with him and and she saw him and she's like oh okay well good for him i hate amber yeah all, amber my, homies sucks. Hate, all my homies hate amber man everybody hates bro but the i love my favorite well actually my favorite like characters and people voice acting i'm outside of jk simmons was like seth rogan showing up as the one-eyed alien guy he shows up in like episode two or three and he's just like this guy he's just this alien who like he's a the planetary def- or a interplanetary defense council or something and he's like sent to planets to make sure they have a a um a powerful being to like protect him if there's an off-world thing in <laughs> Omni-Man's like, all right, well, Mark, this was a test of your power. So Mark goes up and he's fighting. He's like, why am I fighting you? He's like, oh, I'm here to set just to make sure you're, uh, you guys are up to snuff. And then he looks at it. He's like, he's like yeah, and, and on Earth. And he's like, yeah, Earth. And then the Seth Rogen one-eyed guy's like, yeah, isn't this Earth? And he shows him his tablet where he's supposed to be going. It says, Urath. And he's like, that's not how you spell Earth. He's like, no, that's not how I spell Earth. It's E-A-R-T-H, not U-R-A-T-H. He's like, Oh, I'm so fired. <laughs> and Mark Hamill also makes a guest appearance on the show as the tailor for um, Omni-Man and Invincible and all the other superheroes, which is awesome. Cause yeah, it's it's a bit more of a recurring role, too, because he yeah. was in like two or three episodes. Mark Hamill is such a good voice actor. He was. He had a great scene with Omni-Man, too, where they were having beers on top yeah. of the strip mall or whatever. And Omni-Man sort of was getting the vibe. He's like, I know that you know that I killed all the Guardians. And he's just like, yeah, please don't kill me too. Yeah. It's it's a phenomenal show. Like, just watching Omni-Man's character sort of be uncovered and realize how much of a monster he is, along with Mark sort of developing his superpowers and realizing what it takes to be a superhero with, like, fighting the villains along with saving people and finding the balance in between. It's it was great. I loved Debbie and her whole realization for everything with Nolan and watching Mark almost die. We didn't mention Teen Team, I think was the group. Oh that, yeah, that's yeah. That we we could talk about this show for like two hours. We could, but they were great. I loved um Robot in the show, voiced by Zachary Quinto. Yeah. He had a really cool character arc. I liked I was at first like, oh, I don't know if I like Robot, but once I started to realize what he was doing, I was like, oh, OK, never mind. You're actually pretty dope. And this makes sense. But it was a great it was a great show. And the the last episode ended with some foreshadowing of future plot lines that are going to happen because season two and three have been confirmed for the show, which I am very happy to hear. Mm-hmm. I I don't 
I know that there is comics and that the show is based off of, I think people said it's based off of issues one through 28 of the Invincible comics. There's only a total of like 145, but the, the season one was based off of like issues one through 28 or whatever. And I'm not actively going to try and look and see what happens in the comics because oh, I'm I, not, I'm not going to look at all because I, I don't really want to know what happens. I, I enjoy watching it and like sort of like realizing it, and reacting to it as it's happening and not like reading the comics and being like, Oh, this is what happens at this yeah. point. Cause it's like, uh, that just ruins the TV show watching experience for me. And like with Marvel movies, like I've read comics a lot and with DC as well, I I read a lot of comics, but they always pick and choose things from different comics that I haven't read. So it's like, Oh, I'm familiar with this, but you're doing a new twist on it. So I'm always a fan for a new twist on like stories as long as it's good. But Yeah. Invincible season one is overwhelming. It is overwhelming. I, if I had to rate it, I would say it's a phenomenal show, which phenomenal for me is like almost a 10 out of 10, basically. Yeah. Really, really good. It's, it is so good. If, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you watch it. If you have, watch it again, watch it again. If you do, if you have seen it, actually, and you want to talk to us about it, Cal, why don't you, why don't you fill us in? Yes, we are trying to broaden the scope of the show. So we're going to be taking questions and we're going to try to do Q and A's at the end of every show. Hopefully, if we have input from the audience, if you guys want to, you can reach out to us either through Instagram or email. Um, those, I'm going to, I'll say it right now. So our Instagram account, if you haven't already followed, it's at legionnaire pod l-e-g-i-o-n-n-a-i-r-e-p-o-d that's our instagram handle you can follow that we'll be posting stuff about when our episodes come out um that's how you can stay up to date on that and if you want to email us you can um email us at legionnairepodcast at gmail.com again both both of those will be in the description of the show um but yeah Hopefully we get in some questions. We'll answer them. They can be anything about Marvel, DC, Star Wars, um, stuff outside of that. Because Invincible isn't Marvel, DC. No, it's, it's just its kind own. of its own thing. Yeah. Um, or just any other kind of question. I don't know. We're funny guys. We're we're cool people. We can try to answer any, any question yeah. anybody sends us in. If you want us to talk about something specific too, and mm-hmm. you send it to us, we'd be more than happy to research it too and try and familiarize ourselves with it if we aren't already. So. Yeah, please send us any thoughts, questions, ideas that you have for us. Yeah, so hopefully we can do Q and A's in the upcoming shows. Um, other than that, so ends episode four of the best podcast on Spotify, Anchor, and I think those are the only two platforms it's available on right now. But we're gonna try to bra- we're gonna try to branch out. We have we have goals. Hopefully, so you can see us on videos for YouTube or something at some point. But for now, that's all we got. Yeah, maybe not this one. No, I was watching you pick your calluses. This one in front of the camera. So yeah, I got yeah, I got some bad calluses going on right now. Might need to pass on that. I don't know if our visual or visual no, watchers want to watch. And I look like garbage right now. I got a cold. I got a scab. Oh my god! I, got I look so nose. bad right now. I look so gross. You don't want to <laughs> see me, girlfriend. Don't you? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening to the Legionnaire. If you think your friends or family might enjoy it, please send it to them. We always appreciate it. Follow mm-hmm. us on Spotify again, the Legionnaire. And 
we will see yeah. you next week. We are Legion.